0: Welcome to New Week, New Music, reviewing the hottest tracks
1: with the hottest takes
0: of 2020. My name is
1: Brandon. I'm Eric. And I'm Ben. Each week, we're going to be looking at two albums released in 2020.
0: Tonight, we're kicking things off with Guido Pimienta's Miss Columbia. And we will conclude with Life on Other Planets by Moon Hooch. So I feel this this is another uh, album where my goal is to get through this without embarrassing myself because I have zero knowledge and zero experience with latin music i don't know about you guys
2: yeah uh, very very little, little to for go me. on there. Yeah.
0: yeah and i i don't speak any spanish to so you guys i picked up like maybe no, 10 really. words on this album you
1: know
0: <laughs> All right, so uh with that out of the way with us having almost no cultural uh connection to this album i will say i loved this album I generally liked it, but I definitely had some mixed
2: feelings about it overall, and I really want to delve into the specifics later on about I, what
1: I, I liked do and have didn't some, like.
0: I do have some complaints, that I, so this was definitely wasn't perfect, but I, overall, I loved this album.
1: I found myself very much in kind of the same camp as Ben, where I, I definitely liked it overall, but I was much more lukewarm than, than in the loved category.
0: One thing that I do have to say, I'm sure you guys had somewhat similar experiences to this this album has more bass than anything Skrillex has ever put out (laughs) in his entire career like and just for not much of a real reason there was so many times how my subwoofer was shaking the entire room with just bass
2: That's interesting, because my sound, like, I just listen through headphones, you know, and I don't have a sound system like you do, so, I mean, there was definitely some heavy bass for me, but it wasn't anything that really, like, shocked or shook me.
1: See, so this is absolutely hilarious, because I didn't notice that at all. Really? And and so, you know, I do have a really nice set of speakers, but but the interesting point about my speakers is they don't go full audio range they only go down to 60 hertz which is I think like the lowest note on a bass guitar or something so if this was true pure tone like so normally it doesn't matter because even if you're listening to like a sub bass or something there's a couple harmonics that you'll pick up like if the sub bass is at 30 you'll get a tone at 60 you'll get a tone at 120 so normally I would hear it anyway but that indicates to me that like this lady is just pummeling you with straight The purest 20-hertz sine wave to destroy (laughs) your
0: walls. (laughs) No, like, absolutely. Like, when all this road of shit's over, you guys need to, like, come here on the subwoofer because, like, it's just... Like... (laughs) So much bass. Like, it's insane.
1: That definitely would not have been a positive for me.
0: (laughs) it, It doesn't take away from the album, because as I said, I still enjoyed it, but, like... I, like, throughout the whole time, I'm thinking, like, why is there so much bass? There's—it's an absolutely comical amount of bass. <laughs> <laughs> well, then. <laughs> so, now, um, with that being said, that's pretty much all, like, the actual negative things I have to say about this album already. Um, I've absolutely—so now going into, like, what I liked about this album— I, her, she has a beautiful voice I oh yeah absolutely loved her voice amazing um, she had a lot of really great uh, backing instrumentation I really loved like the the folky Latin instrumentation she has going in lots of horns lots of winds lots of like traditional percussion uh, uses of percussion. And it was all just amazingly well composed with and with like some modern effects, modern beats and stuff like that. And it was it was really 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 fun to listen to. Um, but yeah, and like I just I loved her voice. It was like haunting yet beautiful and serene. And God, I I, I just loved it.
1: I really yeah, I liked the uh, the melodies in this album. Mm-hmm. I, I thought, you know, consistently song to song, they were they were very interesting and, and kind of haunting. I think is a good word for it. Like they're not they're not quite like traditional kind of pop melodies, and and I found those to be pretty interesting. Kind of the highlight of the album for me. Yeah, I, that
2: was the one for sure takeaway that I had of this album is that she has the best voice of anyone we've heard all year. I mean, it was just such a great range of. Both technical ability, control of how she sings certain notes, um, with the ability to convey different emotions. I mean, I don't think she could miss a note if she tried. I mean, it just seems so effortless. And yeah, mm-hmm. the vocal performance was incredible on this album. Yeah,
0: I, I agree. Definitely one of the best vocal performances on here. And as far as like just vocal production, I think up there as well. I like just how oh, her yeah. voice is... How her voice is yeah. produced was so immaculate.
2: Yeah, she job. sounded great did through the whole album. And there were even you know, different effects that they did. Not all the production on every song was the same, but it always sounded mm-hmm. really good.
0: Yeah. Um, kind of going off of that, though, how did you guys feel about the three tracks towards the end? Or, well, one, one's like an interlude. The other two are tracks where it's like the very raw aesthetic. How did you guys feel about that? Yeah, it was It was okay.
2: Fan. It actually fits into one of my complaints about the album, which I'll touch on a little later. Um, I thought the songs were decent, but it was a little bit jarring to go from the very highly produced, almost overproduced pop songs that came before it to go to that Mm -hmm. kind of almost ancient, you know, tribal like campfire sound. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought the album jumped around a little too much in that regard, even though I did like the individual songs decently enough.
1: I think I had a a pretty similar experience where I think... Maybe my biggest complaint across the whole album was that a lot of the stuff that weren't those three tracks started to sound a little bit samey for me. And, uh, but then like the only way the album was broken up was those three and they were very jarring. It wasn't, I I don't know. They they seemed a little jammed in there and it just overall album Mm -hmm. craft a little weird.
0: I definitely agree. It It seems thrown in there. But that being said, I'm really glad it is there. I think the album needed that. And one thing that I picked up on my second listen, and I don't know if, once again, this is just me kind of, you know, like, finding meanings and things that aren't really there, but I felt with, like, the first uh, leg of the album, um, it starts off very, you know, very uh, Latin, traditional, uh, like, um, Colombian tradition, I believe it's pronounced Cumbia. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, so if I'm incorrect, I apologize. Uh, but anyway, it starts very heavy in those, like, the Latin traditional influences, and it gets kind of more and more pop as the first light goes on leading up to Coming Through, which is the only uh, song in the album in English, um, and which is the last song before the interlude, which is a story of uh a Colombian uh, performer, Rafael Cassiani, Cassiani. And so, like, my second... Anyways, where I'm going with all this is, I think, like, those three are, like, interlude, track bit in the middle was kind of, like, her uh, Lido Pimienta being reminded of her roots. So, like, she's kind of becoming more and more pop. Then it hits that... And then it goes into like that pure Colombian traditional folk music. And then the last few tracks are back into like that really nice blend of Latin, of cumbia, of folk and pop music. So that's one thing I saw, in my, I caught in my second listen. Once again, no idea if I'm just kind of like finding things that aren't there. I think I'm
1: reply with big if true. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like I and I maybe that that's something I suffer from not having understood the lyrics but if that really is the case and that's how the album's put together that's really cool and that would yeah. also solve a lot of those problems and and so maybe it is a, a situation where I'm perceiving them as problems because I didn't understand the lyrics I didn't get the the full experience so mm-hmm. that that very well could
0: be mm-hmm. and that kind of goes back to what I was saying at the beginning of this episode was none of us have any connection to Latin music so we don't really know if this is the case. And also, this is the first I've heard of her of uh, Lino Pimienta ever. This is the first music of her I've heard. Um, So I don't really have anything to go off of. It's just a thought I had that kind of made sense. Um, And if so, and if that is the case, I think it's really, really well done. But that being said, it still feels very jarring when listening on a full album scale.
2: I think the... You know, the hopping around a lot, um, you know, it definitely, on. The, you know, it has positives and negatives. I think it's good in the sense that it shows how well she was able to blend different influences together to produce um, songs that were creative despite um, combining lots of things that I'm already familiar with and some things that I'm not. I still thought she uh, did a really good job of bringing an originality to the music. The downside, though, is that I don't think it was cohesive enough. And kind of another thing that's related to that is that this was one of the few times this year where I thought a couple of the tracks just vastly outshone the rest of the album here. And for me, those two tracks were Esso Ok Tu Asis and Nada. I thought those two songs were... Absolutely miles better than anything else on the album.
0: I also I, completely agree with that. I also completely agree. Those are my two favorite songs. Those two, two songs are incredible. By a they're so good.
2: Own. Yeah, they're yeah. some of the best I've heard all year. And the rest, for me, yeah. was you know decent at best. Um, I did like the the first and last tracks, um, but I thought the stuff in the middle, because it was so different, it kind of took away from there being any conceptual kind of unity between the first and last. I would have liked to see it kind of wrap up more conceptually, and I thought it wasn't quite able to do that.
1: Yeah, it makes me wonder how much the lyrics would have contributed to or taken away from that too. Like, you know, man, it's it's hard to review lyrical music without understanding the lyrics, and I didn't I didn't look them up. I didn't find a translation. <laughs> I just kind of listened and you know, I mean, maybe that my my overall takeaway from this album kind of ends up being like, this was I thought a a pretty good album for as a boring white guy. This was a pretty good album, and you know maybe there's something more there if if you're mm-hmm. able to appreciate it, if you can speak Spanish if you appreciate it a little more. But but even without that, I, I still thought it was a pretty good album.
0: Yeah, I would maybe maybe in the future we can have a bonus revisit of this with uh, Michelle and Tetasita. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> And like and because I because uh, Michelle did listen to the uh, this album with me and she really enjoyed it. And she was able to pick up some of the lyrics because because um, this is uh, a, a Colombian accent, I guess. I don't really know But so it will be. So
1: it's in Spanish, not. Portuguese,
0: yeah, it is. Right? Yeah, it is Spanish, but it's the Colombian accent or dialect. So it is.
1: Yeah, uh, it's a very slight, different is, dialect. It's, in yeah, South it's America. very different
0: than what she's used to. Uh, it was it, even for her, her who speaks, you know, decent amount of Spanish. It was difficult for her to pick up. But um, so I think we we all agree pretty much on our two favorite songs: Nada and es OK to Haces. Um, which I will say, uh, Nada is definitely a very strong contender for song of the year for me so far. I I love that one. I, I think that was the best composed song all
2: year. Yeah, that's a pretty. Pretty good take, I think. Um, it's definitely a candidate for me. I can't tell whether I preferred that or SOK To Us, but they both featured just amazing songwriting, amazing amalgamation of different sounds. Um, I thought those two songs were just crafted with such thoughtfulness and precision um, compared to some of the other stuff. I thought there was a stark difference, but man, these two tracks were just sublime. And the I love Inada where she has that very faint kind of vibrato and the upper register, it's like yeah. barely noticeable, but it's there. And oh, my God, it's, I got chills listening to that part of it.
0: And I always love when you can pick up like that slight amount of vibrato. Because like when you can't hear that, it's like, you know, it's like this is an autotune. She's really hitting that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it speaks so well to the fact that like they were able to use transparent production. They didn't have to crush those kind of things because she was having such a good performance, it's mm-hmm. it really comes through when that happens.
0: Also, one moment that I really want to talk about on uh, neither of those songs on uh, No Wede, I think it's pronounced, I'm almost certainly wrong. No, uh, Wede, uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the finale to that song with like, the horns like building to that big hit towards the end. I also really, really loved that moment. Um, and that's I also really, really like the song as well, although it is a, a step down from the two songs we mentioned earlier. But um, I just I I really liked uh, the le- the electronic effects on that song, uh, and I think it was a one of the better uh, displays of her vocal abilities on the album. And yeah, it I, just, yeah, that had was had actually kind of like yeah. a haunting aesthetic, in my opinion.
2: No Pude and Take Care actually were probably might have been my least favorites. I th- those two like this, I thought the drop down between. Uh, Esso and Nada to those two tracks were kind of stark in terms of just the way the songs were arranged. I, like, we went from. I
0: will agree with you outside of the, the end no. of
2: no, Yeah. No.
0: Please.
2: Yeah. And her vo- her vocals were phenomenal through the whole album. I thought Take like, instantly, like, we went from Nada, which was just just this big, massive, beautiful wave of sound. And then we go to Take which all of a sudden I've got steel drums. We've I got did like the steel drums. Still. Pop drums. We've got, like, these random sounds that are just thrown together. It was like, what happened? We just went from this to that, and I don't know what happened. Like, it felt like the album was falling apart a little bit.
0: I, don't, I, I do agree with you to some extent, but I did really like the steel drums on that
2: song, though. Yeah, I mean, they were fine. It's just, like, we went from really well-crafted songwriting to just kind of seemingly lazy, like, you know, this can pop, you know.
0: Yeah, If this whole album was on the scale of the first three songs, this would be an easy contender for album of the year. Oh, yeah. For um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, so uh, it is a bit of a jarring step down in terms of quality, but I still enjoy it and I still think it is a good song. Um, it, it didn't bother me as much as it seemed to have bothered you guys, cause, but I, I still really, really enjoy yeah. it.
2: I mean, it's we're still solid. good. It's just when you set the bar that high at the first three tracks, you know, anything's mm. going to feel like a disappointment. Not that I disliked a single track on here, I thought the worst songs on this album were still pretty solid.
1: Yeah. There was yeah, fun. there was nothing bad on this album. No,
2: not outside of
0: Outside of the absolute comical amounts of bass.
1: I'll have to
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll I have to listen to, to it on your that. system That's... because I did not have that experience, but I do want to yeah.
0: hear it on yours. Yeah, it, it, was, it was wild.
1: Yeah, that's The only thing I don't have is, like, a, a huge sub or something, so it, that's hilarious, and, <laughs> man, I want to hear it, too. That's it, <laughs>
2: That reminds me of that time when we were at your place and we were talking about, like, the songs that have the most ridiculous amounts of bass, and I suggested Royals by Lord. And you're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, just play it. And then we played it, and in your system, it's just like,
1: <laughs>
0: blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, but Ugh. it is kind of like that in the sense of, like, as Eric was saying, it is just kind of pure bass. It's just that low rumbling going on underneath everything yeah. without really anything. It's just the pure bass.
2: What was your experience on the bass on S.O.K. to Osses? Because that was the song where I thought the bass was just so well done. It was just like this warm blanket of like,
1: just really... Yeah, I, I commented and wrote down that it I thought the beautiful. bass was excellent on that track as well. It was so They're, good on that track.
0: It, it is it's still really good and despite how much bass there is i don't think it's ever like it ever takes away from the songs but it is kind of jarring throughout the whole album because it is pretty consistent throughout the whole album except for those the like the three track break in the middle with kiero kemi the prelude and the actual song and then pelo cuckoo uh so like without outside of those three songs where it has like the very rustic, raw aesthetic going on, it's pretty bass heavy throughout the whole thing.
2: How do you guys uh, feel about this album maybe being a harbinger for the comeback of the clarinet and the pan flute?
0: I'm all for it, man. After hearing
2: like, this, I, I can't be against it.
0: Yeah, no, it was great. It was a, I, I loved the, the winds and the horns throughout this whole The winds while. were great. I think were the horns real or were
2: they were they mostly synthesizers?
0: I have no idea. I feel they like they were kind of since most of like the time, but I, to I, me, yeah, the I, wins I, were definitely I didn't the winds care were, either, were real.
2: Yeah, I, no, I don't care either. I just was curious. I think they're since mostly, but man, the winds were great.
0: Yeah, no, they they were definitely great. There, this whole album was great in my opinion. This, this album, I still is, really liked it. Yeah, it was is good.
2: Really high
0: on my list.
2: I was, you know, initially like. Like halfway through the first song, I had no idea what to make the album. Like I couldn't tell if I thought I was going to like it or not. And about halfway into that first song, when it kind of the instrumentation comes in, I'm like, okay, good, because my fear was that it would be just either just a traditional album that was more that looked backwards rather than looking forwards. And then I started to hear more of the first song, like, okay, cool. This album is going to combine a ton of different influences and do something creative. And overall, I think it really succeeded on that front. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not super high for me, but it is firmly in the top half.
2: Yeah, it's definitely up there. I mean, it's there's plenty of albums I have ahead of it, but it's gonna go pretty
0: high for me at the moment. You guys got anything more to say about this? Um, no, I think I'm good. Yeah, uh, uh, this definitely is a high, high. I highly recommend this album.
2: Me too. And if you don't listen to the whole album, at least listen to those two songs that we just yeah uh, we talked about so much because they are absolutely some of the best that we've heard all year but mm. listen to the album it's worth it
0: um, so moving on to Moon Hooch Life on Other Planets now I know you guys are pretty big fans of these guys
2: well okay Eric introduced me to Moon Hooch like two months ago <laughs> so I have a fairly limited experience with them but he showed me their Tiny Desk concert where they're playing their Barry Saxes with the drummer and there's a traffic cone in the bell the sax and they're just jamming for 17 minutes playing the living shit out of their instruments like this is so dumb i love it so that's about the extent Uh, i know eric you can probably talk more
1: about them than i can not not a whole lot more than that i mean i mean traffic code in the bell is kind of a
2: kind of a good summary i would say seems to be
1: you know i will say um there's something that's lost if you don't like, watch a video of these guys and see just how methed out the drummer looks. Oh, God, he's <laughs> so fucked up. <laughs> I don't even think he's on drugs. I just think that's the way he is. <laughs> he just looks like he's on drugs all yeah. the time.
0: But what was yeah. your guys' opinion on the album overall? I really Very, very lukewarm. Very lukewarm. See, this one's really weird for me because if I were to break this album up into any random 10-minute segment inside the album... I would love those ten minutes. Yeah, but anything more than that, I found myself getting pretty bored with this.
2: Oh, I totally agree, actually. And like Eric was saying, I mean, album format does not work well with this group. Like, no. Like I would, like I would much, I would listen to that Tiny Desk concert with the video ten times before I listened to this album once. I mean, it's just this group does not shine on an album form. And we talked earlier in the year about like jazz in general. Like being much better live than it is on an album, but especially with these guys in this like weird ass like I don't even know what the fuck these guys are doing. If these yeah. guys
0: like were we were playing actually a talking gig, before you got on Ben, like calling these yeah. guys jazz is certainly pushing the envelope. Yeah, a yeah. Bit. Like, and um, by jazz, I, have no I idea mean what like to call
2: these guys. jazz instruments. Like I don't even know what to call these guys. But but if I found out that these guys were playing like a small gig at like a bar or a small venue, I would be in there in a heartbeat.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: But would I go out of my way to listen to this album again? No, I would not. Yeah, see, I, I liked it a lot, but and maybe it's just coming from more familiarity that I kind of I, I think like on video and stuff like that, these guys have a great, great energy and it's super mm-hmm. fun. And I'm wondering if I like I just have enough experience with that that it translates to the album for me in a way that it doesn't if you're not maybe super familiar. Because I completely be the case. agree they are in a pure audio format it's not nearly as enticing
0: as it is in video. I will say the album does have a really fun energy to it. Like I I agree with Ben, like their tiny desk concert is just so miles ahead of this. And it's not even because this sounds bad. I think this sounds pretty good, but like you don't get the madness of these guys in the album.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you just, you don't get the full experience just mm -hmm. listening to it. And I, yeah, and I, but I do, I gotta say, I love the energy of this band. I mean,
2: Moonhooch is in this really weird niche where, like, they're clearly not trying to make good music, but I also don't think they're going the, like, avant garde, shitty, therefore genius route either. They're just in this weird territory where they're perfectly content making idiotic, ridiculous music. And just not giving a shit.
0: Yeah, and I definitely respect the. I'm just <laughs> gonna I respect do what that. I want to do. Exactly. And I don't care. I like what that. You I want. think
1: that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I mean, man, these guys play the shit out of their instruments.
0: They play the ever-loving yeah. shit out of those saxophones. They. Have. I mean,
1: let's take a minute to appreciate the endurance and fucking
2: embouchure it takes <laughs> to do what they did in that tiny desk concert. I mean, they're playing the living shit out of their saxophones for like almost twenty minutes. Nonstop,
1: with a cone in the bell, which can't make things easier. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> it's like an act of physical endurance. Uh, so I, I should I should point out too. So you know they, they play berry Sax a lot. They play a little alto. They both play tenor. Um Also oh, the contra bass clarinet. I don't know yes. if it made an
0: appearance on
1: there. I, I, I'm almost certain it did. A lot of the, I think the bass parts are they get that kind of like dubstep wobbly <laughs> the bass. Sound dubstep, out of the I was going to say that too. Oh, that's a that's a clarinet effect. <laughs> It's a contrabass clarinet,
2: yeah. Oh no, kidding! I was gonna talk about the dubstep too. Like there were some straight up dubstep bass beats going on. It was like yeah. 2012, 2013 era dubstep. Like he was making them on <laughs> Which a, is
0: a giant great.
1: clarinet, like a <laughs> yeah. seven foot tall clarinet.
0: And that's <laughs> yes. and that going back to her saying that the like just saying those words, it sounds ridiculous. But it's so different. Like if when you can't see it, and just you can't see how absurd a contrabass clarinet is.
1: You would assume that that was a synth, but when you see them, like you watch a video, and you realize he's playing a seven-foot-tall clarinet, get that sound. (laughs) It's just a different game. Yeah, it's
0: completely different.
1: The stupidity is kind of the point with these
2: guys. Like, this is a comment that I wrote on listening to the second track. I wrote, Starts off with a somewhat obnoxious arpeggio bullshit. Quickly switches pace into strained, deranged staccato tenor blaring with a backdrop of dubstep horseshit. God, I love this group.
1: (laughs) I liked on uh, on They're Already Here, just, you know, alien-themed sax dubstep, we got you covered. (laughs) With weird-ass, like, voiceovers, like, just thrown in throughout the album.
2: (laughs) Is this the weirdest thing we've heard all year? Uh, Yeah, I think it is, right? As Um, far as I can
1: remember, Thundercat um, maybe this or Poppy maybe this is
2: yeah Poppy was pretty weird. I would say this is definitely weirder than Thundercat for sure. Uh,
0: Thundercat Thundercat was was pretty. Thundercat was
2: quirky, but it was still like fairly reasonable. This is just
1: dumb. Like (laughs) this one definitely. (laughs) It falls into the camp too of this is probably a strongly love it or hate it kind of group.
0: Yeah, I would. Which is funny that we're all
1: fairly in the middle though. But yes. It probably is for most people. And, and, like, let's be fair. Two of us play sax and one of us plays clarinet. That helps well, I, a lot when it's a I trio of <laughs> sax and clarinet players, right? Well, like, Yeah,
2: no, for sure. And, like, I would like, play the clarinet for, like, ten minutes and my mouth would get sore. Like, these guys are just blaring on the sax for probably hours on end. And, like, that's impressive to me. Like, if you ever played a woodwind, you can appreciate just the level of
1: just mouth endurance you have to have to... Do this the, kind of shit. The closing track, number four solo. God damn, he played the shit out of that horn. He played the fuck out uh, of that. He, I like that. Yeah, he the played first the shit and last out of the horn were, for yeah.
0: thirty-two minutes on this
1: album. He did,
2: but that I did notice that on yeah number four solo was like I liked the kind of more intense
1: feeling that that song had. Like I also felt like yeah. that was maybe one of the more like traditionally sounding songs. It wasn't quite as yeah. crazy. That it was wasn't more just kind it was almost serious ripping yeah. on the sax. Then. It was it yeah. was
0: sax
2: pornography. <laughs> it was it really was. Um, it was the um what's that Van Halen song? It was the eruption. Oh, er- of, <laughs> it was <yeah>. the eruption <laughs> of,
0: the, <laughs> of the saxophone. Yeah, actually, I totally agree with that. And I I did love number four solo for that reason, like because it it reminds me of like like Dave Mustaine, like a lot of like some of like the not quite as good. Uh, Megadeth albums where it's really not that good, but it's just you know an hour, forty minutes an hour of Dave Mustaine just masturbating on guitar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, if you if you play the sax and haven't heard of these guys, you're missing out so much. Yeah, yeah.
0: You honestly, if you've never heard of these guys, I would say you're you're missing out because these guys are fun. You may not like it, but you you gotta check them out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would. I would highly recommend the Tiny Desk concert or, or really any video. Yeah, the Tiny Desk for sure. That thing's amazing.
0: It really I think There's a video
1: too it, yeah. where they're, uh, they're in a, like, stuck in traffic. So they jump out in the back of their band bus and grab a marching band bass drum and their horns and start <laughs> playing up the traffic. And they get to a, a construction cone and grab it and throw it in the bell and keep going. <laughs> 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 and like all the people stuck in their cars are like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's great. the yeah. real experience of this band. That is, yeah,
2: that's how Moon Hoot should exist, is is doing that. And I, I looked them up a little bit, and apparently, like, they used to do, like, they would play on subways. Like, they're from New York. They would go to, like, the subway and just start playing music. And, uh, God, let me find the That quote. makes
0: perfect sense, because these it guys totally do does. have a very, like, street performer vibe to them.
1: Absolutely. Oh, if you ran into this on the subway, it'd be, like, the best day of your life. <laughs> Oh yeah, here it is Um, So this is from Oh yeah, this is from their website
2: It says uh, Moonhooch was already a familiar And beloved sight to strangers in New York Who would react with such joy and fervor To their impromptu subway platform sets That the NYPD had to ban them From locations that couldn't handle the crowd
1: (laughs) Dang Now I don't know how
2: much of that is embellishment Because it is their website But I feel like that's
1: probably at least Mostly true yeah, I mean, this is this would be the best street performance you've ever seen. I would love it. That'd be amazing.
0: Yeah, no, I, I can't imagine just coming up like like going down into a subway station and just hearing these guys just blaring. God, that would be fun. I imagine if you saw it every day and like had to deal with the crowds, right? And then it would be kind of annoying. But.
2: I kind of also doubt that they would go to the same place. I feel like they would mix it up and just go to
1: random places all the time. Like I, I think they're aware that they're a bit of a novelty, oh, they, yeah. they, Absolutely. but they also
0: don't give a single shit. They don't no. care at all. Yeah,
2: I mean, they went to me, Like it was <laughs> funny because I wrote like I feel like these guys like went to music school and excelled at music theory and were so good and they just got bored with it and decided to do their own thing. And then I looked them up and they did go to music school.
1: So I feel like that's fairly accurate. <laughs> I don't know their full story but uh, yeah this is clearly people who can play at the highest level just like right. i want to do yeah. something different and have fun yeah mm-hmm. it's 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 very similar to me to to brendan small actually mm-hmm. from you know, like yeah. death clock It's i mean it's like it's somebody right. who's a, like a true virtuoso but like doesn't take themselves very seriously yeah it's kind of what i said about ween when we talked
2: about them last time they're kind of a similar idea with that which I think is great. I mean, like, if you can't use your... If you're not going to use your genius for, like, making jazz... Pushing jazz to the next frontier, at least use your genius to make me laugh.
0: If, like, I think actually we, is... I think weed's a really great comparison for these guys.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. like, pushing jazz is your lawful good. This is your, like, chaotic good. <laughs> chaotic good. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know if they're you, but they're doing something entirely their own.
2: Yeah. So you mentioned um, Thundercat as a comparison, which is interesting because I also kind of use that album as a foil, sort of. Um, did this remind you of uh, horse lords at all in any way? A little bit, that, yeah. That was my other comparison. Would, I would say is my closest comparison. I feel like, like this those is two what horse lords are.
1: want to be doing, too. I think
2: these yeah, guys just although, did it way better. For me, they ended up pretty close. But yeah,
1: I think but you liked horse lords a lot more than we did.
2: Yeah, I also liked Lords a lot less on the subsequent listens, but I think those two albums are pretty close for me still.
1: Yeah, I think this is and I think this makes sense, especially like thinking back to us ranking our our 27 and stuff that like this one definitely checks my weird music boxes. Like Mm -hmm, kind of like we were saying, like Mario Cognitum is like everything weird Brandon likes in music. This is approaching like the weird shit that I really enjoy. Where I think, subjectively, I'm enjoying this one a lot more than, than you guys would, just because it's very in my wheelhouse.
0: Yeah, I totally yeah. agree with that. I really hope I get to see a live version of this album sometime soon. Oh, God, yeah.
1: We are definitely going if these guys come anywhere reasonably close. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And the smaller the venue, the better. Exactly. Like, on a street, the best. Yeah, in a bathroom. (laughs)
0: Honestly, that would be pretty cool. (laughs) I mean, they have plenty of... Moon
1: Hooch comes in with a traffic cone.
0: (laughs) Do you guys think they sell their, like, own booze titled Moon Hooch at their shows? I hope so. (laughs) No, that's a... That's a... a Idea they should... uh, They should hop on. Um, We can be found at New Week New Music on Twitter, so... (laughs) Moon Hooch, if you're listening...
2: Hit me up, Brandon. You clearly missed the anti-drug message on the eighth track. Too much hooch. <laughs> I
0: mean, well, what was that one Kendrick Lamar song off Good Kid, Mad City that's about like the horrors of alcohol addiction that became like the club banger of the year? <laughs> uh, oh, was it you or a different one? No, it was Did off talk- Good. It was off Good Kid, Mad City. Oh,
2: um, oh, drank swimming pools. Yeah, yeah, swimming pools. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But
1: have you had moonshine?
0: It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) I literally have a bottle of
1: it right here. (laughs) Yeah. No, I had some fire moonshine in college where we went to an archery competition in southern Georgia. That sounds and like useful. a really bad combination. <laughs> These guys rolled up from, uh, I forget which university it was, but it was some no-name university deep in the South. And they're like, you want to try our Apple Cinnamon Moonshine? And it's
0: like, hell oh, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> I, have, I might die, exactly but It's yes. the same story.
2: <laughs> oh. and it's probably yeah. one of those archery teams that's terrible at
1: archery and just is on the team to travel and party. No, no, they were like ludicrously good because they were the type really? that like, it was... Don't miss or don't eat, kind of thing. Wow, (laughs) these guys were like—they were clearly like out in the back shooting squirrel for dinner. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't do archery to compete; we did it to survive. (laughs)
2: All
0: (laughs) right. As much as I'm enjoying this, I think uh, we are we are starting to ramble a bit. So. Yeah, I mean, I think we've
1: said everything there is to say about this album. It's if it fits your style of weird, it's perfect. If it doesn't fit your style of weird it's still a really interesting listen yeah if you play the instruments i mean they play the shit out of the horns that's and
0: there is there is definitely a caveat of there is a chance you hear this and think what the fuck are you guys talking about <laughs> so but um yeah once again I, I would highly highly recommend this album even though i was somewhat lukewarm on it um uh, but the, these guys are one of a kind and it's absolutely worth a listen. anything anything else ben mm-hmm. I think that's about it. All right. Well, thank you all very much for listening. Please join us next week where we're going to be looking at uh, Charlie XCX's new album, How I'm Feeling Now, and Young Lean with Stars. I am very, very excited for next year. I'm I'm so pumped for the new Charlie XCX album. I don't know what to feel about Young Lean, so. We'll find out. (laughs) It would be another Lil' Zanarchy. Or Lil' (laughs) Xan.
1: I would still consider that a win.
2: (laughs) Because we've experienced that live. That would be quite something. It would, yeah. If we got to experience one of the worst albums ever made in real time together, yeah, it'd be worth it.
0: (laughs) I mean, we did review Green Day. (laughs) That is true. Anyway, thank you all very much for listening. And have a good night.